0: Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two. So I'm hoping this recording is going off without a hitch because I'm doing it as I'm laying in the bed. And my wife advised me that in order for the day one philosophy and drops and that whole deal to be wicked successful, I need to be more open and... Honest and detailed about my life and about I'm hesitant to say struggle But The steps that it takes me to function and to get things done Most of the people in my life have never experienced Long-term chronic pain None of them in my circle have ever been in A wheelchair or have had a severe spinal cord injury. So much so that their body touch down. But I have. And interestingly enough, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that the most tragic event of my life was also the best thing that ever happened to me. I was looking at the scripture that's on my phone Android gang, baby. Um, <laughs> every morning at midnight or just after midnight, my scripture recycles and a new verse comes onto my home, home page on my phone, home screen. And today it was Blessed are the pure at heart for they will see God. And I was just thinking, that's me. Sometimes I see scripture or read scripture or hear scripture and think, okay, okay, that makes sense. I can relate to that. But this time it was distinct. That's me, I'm pure at heart. My heart is pure for the first time in my life. Well, maybe when I was a baby and young, But definitely the first time since my injury, since high school. And I say that with confidence because, post injury, like I said to my wife, I wasn't forced to change, but I was highly, highly convinced that the changes that I have made over the years were not only necessary for me being healed aka walking again but for the real expansion of my life and who i am on this earth certain things needed to happen and i've been humbled my pride has disappeared you get real humble real quick and you lose your pride really fast when a nurse is wiping your butt because you can't do it. Or when you're laying in the hospital and because your entire body has atrophied from the neck down, you have to use a catheter and a nurse has to do it for you. It's super vulnerable. I was telling my wife that, you know, it's interesting that all I was left with were my thoughts In my words. And it's really a childlike state because that's all children have. I mean, when we're babies, you can't manipulate your body. You don't even really know you have a body. I knew I had a body, I could see it. I knew I'd been using one up till the point of my injury when I was just about to turn 17 But I couldn't manipulate it at all I could barely feel things temperature was all funky I was saying the same thing that I was saying when I was a newborn What's happening? I don't know what's happening. What's this thing I'm attached to? My thing was a halo Screwed into my head Attached to my body laying in a hospital bed for months and months and months. But yeah, I was left with just my thoughts and my words. So it really, that was the catalyst for me to reconnect to God because everything else was taken away from me. No longer could I literally turn my back on him when he appeared to me. I couldn't run. I couldn't hide. I couldn't, change my circumstance with something else. I couldn't just cut the TV on or go for a run or listen to music and work out. I couldn't go sell drugs. I couldn't break into houses. I couldn't steal cars. I couldn't go have sex with some girl. I couldn't do all the things that and more that we do all the time to hide from God to run away from our problems, to run away from ourselves and our own promptings of doing what's right. We were talking earlier, we're in the kitchen and I was saying how human beings are the only life on this planet that chooses to not live to the fullest. That we choose to say, ah, fuck it. We choose to not do our homework we choose not to say i love you or we choose to use drugs or sell drugs or commit crimes or lie or cheat or steal or kill or just be vain and say ah screw it we're the only life on this planet that does that not plant not animal not mineral chooses to not be their fullest self. One of my fraternity brothers right now is doing time and he wrote me a letter and it said, maybe you can help me with this question. What is life? Why is it that life is always asking something else of us? Something more, always something more. And I'd been thinking about it and it really made sense to me because of my recent studies that life is about expansion, expression and expansion. See, life is really God's expression of a certain instance. In my case, of a young mixed race black man who has had a spinal cord injury And at the same time has aspirations of becoming a global phenomenon as a fashion designer and a motivational speaker and leader and overall infopreneur worldwide that owns a castle, that has financial abundance, that is a lord, is a husband, is a father of three teenagers and is walking again after 18 years of being in a chair god's expression of that reality to the fullest expansion that is what life is about and everybody has the same story life is about god's expression of you and all your parameters For the fullest expansion of life and love. From beginning to end. That's it. That's what life is. That's why it seems like life is always asking more of us. And it's great. And I love that we're in this conversation. Him and I. And I will definitely be putting that into the letter. When I send it back to him and more. (laughs) And it also reminds me of the fact that I really love correspondence. I remember when, um, when I went out to Seattle Seattle with uh, my parents a few years back to see my dad's brother, one of his older brothers, that I hadn't seen, but I think once in my life that I couldn't even remember. Um, and when I came back, like he wrote me a letter And, you know, thanking us for coming out and that it was a really nice visit and this and that. And I brought him back. And for a while, we were going back and forth. And I really, I really was excited about the correspondence. And I think in part because, like, one, you're using, we used unlined paper and just wrote like that, you know, with a pen and super old school. But at the same time, you know, On one hand, we were using paper and pen, like most people don't do anymore. We just text. And it wasn't immediate. You know, he didn't know what I was writing, and I sent it to him, and then I got a reply back in a second. You know, I told him I'm sending him a letter. He said, okay. He waited a week or so, however long it took me to send it and mail it. And then I waited till his came. Maybe it was a few days, maybe it was a week. Maybe it was a couple of weeks, you know, until it came, and it was something to anticipate, something to wait for. And I think we're missing that anticipation in our society. And I'm thankful that things like the mail still exist. I think it's probably one of our oldest institutions as a country, as a union for sure. Um,. Yeah. Correspondence is really great. So I'm, I'm glad that I'm able I'm in another situation where I can do it, but also add value to his life and it's adding value to mine as well. And because we're fraternity brothers, it's just one more instance where we can live out, you know, our alumni creed that we're brothers for life. And um, that doesn't mean that we're brothers until death. You know, everybody's gonna die. That's the wrong way to look at it. How we look at it is that we're brothers for life when life happens, throughout life's experiences. So we're brothers for life when my deuce, Adrian, is standing beside me, helping me stand out of my wheelchair so that I can take my vows. That's brothers for life. Or when I was at his wedding, And we had the suite together and we're all hanging out the night before and the day of. We're brothers for life. Or when it's, you know, 3 a.m. and it's you're in tears and, you know, some girls broke your heart or your mom died. And we're coming to the funeral. No questions. That's brothers for life. Or when one of your brothers.